City Limits. Brought to us by the People's Committee for Melbourne every Wednesday at 9am. City Limits is Melbourne's only hour devoted to our urban environment. To transport and planning and housing issues. To privatisations and our utility services. To building and or maintaining a sense of community. 855 on the AM band, if we can hear it through the noise and find it through the smog. City City Limits. Good morning, everybody. How are you all on this rainy day? Good morning, Miss Corey. (laughs) (laughs) Good morning. 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 May God bless you. (laughs) Morning, Corey. That was Corey Green. And we've got Mark Owen in the studio this morning. Mark, um, it's on a few weeks ago. People might recall he came in as a guest talking about permaculture and growing gardens and things. And Emma's currently having a couple of weeks uh, off to study. She's having exam plexi I think at the moment and she's out there uh, anyway she's taken two weeks off and Mark's come in to replace so thanks Mark for filling in it's a pleasure and John McPherson's here I'm Kevin Healy by the way and John McPherson's here because it's the first Wednesday of the month and it's I think we advertised him two weeks ago and forgot there was a fifth Wednesday but anyway he's here this week and um, John um, welcome and transport today again yes here we go again and yep. we're going to be talking in the first half to a bloke from um, a bloke called Bob Skates from Matoa, who uh, they've had a <coughs> campaign going, and most of us in the city had no idea about, trying to save the overland. We know it's been cut back dramatically in recent years. It used mm. to be each way every day. Uh, now there's just one train that sort of goes two or three times a week or so, each way, you know, just the one on the line. Uh, but there's been a campaign to save it from disappearing altogether, apparently, and the private company that now runs it has been demanding massive amounts of money off government, etc., to keep it going. But they've had some sort of victory, so we're going to talk to him halfway through the show. Good anyway, stuff, yes. Yep. And uh, yes, that's once that. upon a time, there used to be quite a good train service all the way to the Victorian border. Out through Dimbula and Matawa and all those places, yeah. yeah. Well, it goes through Matawa, but doesn't stop. That's pretty mm. smart. So to get really to Matawa, you've got to go by train, bus, and all mm. sorts of circuitous routes, because mm. yet there's a train that goes through there two mm. or three times a week. Mm. Um, anyway, that's uh, that's a story we'll come to. Um, last week, we, we've had an avalanche of people, three in fact, have asked what happened to our interview with Paddy Moriarty last week when we couldn't get through to him, and then... In, in city limits terms, that's that's the switchboard line right. lighting up, you know, three people. Um, and um, I want to explain that it was totally Corey's fault. She mm-hmm. rang the wrong number. <laughs> I know. And her excuse is I gave her the wrong number, which I don't think, I think is a pretty nasty way to try and pass the buck. But I just should have known. Yeah, she should have. I should have known. Well, I did add an extra year to my age this, this week, and um, mm-hmm. and I'm starting to worry because I, I keep most people's phone numbers in my head, and I rang him mm. to organise the interview, and when I got here, I did transpose a couple of numbers, and I couldn't didn't recognise I'd done that. So I, I guess I have a bit of blame apart from you. A Corey. little bit, a yeah. tiny little bit. So this is, this is the way you just... St- Stave yeah. off dementia, is it? But I remember we, all these phone numbers so accurately. I think we can break the percentage <laughs> percentage blame down to about 100% me and 0% Corey, and that sums it up, um, <laughs> roughly. And we're very sorry. Yeah, but he's on next Especially week, by the Kevin. way, just to uh, fill that in. It's ah. Energy Day next week, and we're going to do the same interview or something like it with Paddy next week, and we'll try and get the right number. Good start. Yeah, Good yeah, start. yeah. So there you are. Um, other stuff? Anyone got anything wanted to raise before I raise a couple of things? Oh, no. Let's, oh, a bit of pull the tea. We've got a yeah. Good, yeah, look, we've got, pull the tea. You've got all this. Oh, it's usually yeah. got a huge pile of 
paper cutting yeah. you've got to comment on. Yeah, That's let's right. get going. Yeah, yeah, okay, John, you're getting anxious already, are you? Well, we've got a trash, trash. Um, you know, Bob Hawke and Bill Shorten and oh, yeah, various right. other no, women. Not, I think Hawke doesn't get a mention today. It's right. Oh, do you? Not that I'm aware of, unless you want to raise something about it. <laughs> Um, no, no, I haven't got no, no, There we no. are. Just pass it over to Mark. Yeah, yeah that's sure. that one. Here you go, Mark. Thank you, you very much indeed. Huge. You live in Collingwood, John, so you can have the black and white. Oh, cup. God. There you are. We had a famous win last week. Oh, very good. <laughs> yeah. Even I never heard about it. <laughs> I'm not sure how famous it was, but I had a win anyway. Oh, come on. <laughs> um, anyway, in the last seconds of the match, that's fantastic. <laughs> Four yeah. seconds to go. Yeah. Um, just, I just want to, we may as well kick off with our usual little beef about the Herald Sun, and I'm going to have to reach, hang on one second, I'm going to go off mic and reach for my bag. I've got to get my reading glasses, I've just realised. Yeah. Um, Kevin's got these beautiful new glasses on. Yeah, they're... Been, I've had them for a month or more now because the other ones fell apart. But you know, these are the reading ones I'm just getting out now. Oh, I'll put them on. This yeah, is hey, all. Kevin's been it's upgraded very... in all sorts of ways. Yeah, yeah here we go. Anyway, <laughs> um, I just want to do a couple of the old usual Herald Sun stuff. Yesterday they had a front page story Storm over Port, Anger at City Gateway Eyesore. <laughs> a derelict site at one of Melbourne's tourist <laughs> gateways, the result of a 10 year planning fiasco, has been slammed as an embarrassing eyesore. Now, they don't, they don't name anyone who's slandered. They interviewed people who say, isn't it terrible? But there's no organisation or group of people who've come out and gone to the Herald Sun. And so it's, it's one of those classic beat-ups. Now, the thing might be a derelict site, but it's due to the fact that a developer mm. wanted to overdevelop and you know, it all goes back to developers trying to get the most out of a site. Mm. Um, but the story's you amazing. You mean the most use or the most money? Well, the most money, of course. So what's it doing all over the front page? Well, I don't know. They wanted a 19-storey one, which people thought was a bit excessive. And they're saying, well, they've got to assess now whether the 10-storey one people are prepared to cop is is viable financially for them. That's what the developer's saying. But but it, and it's done in a way that makes the you know look like the state government mm. yet again has sure, uh, yeah, yeah. stuffed up. Yeah. But there's no one actually come out, even though it's been slammed. It's been slammed by the people they interviewed to slam it. Right, Which, yeah. so it's a completely source-free story. That's right, yes, <laughs> totally, totally. <laughs> but that's the old Herald Sun for you, isn't right. it? <laughs> the other one is due to this this um, this uh, Mossack Fonseca stuff this week. Yes. Now, on Monday, and we saw I mean, Four Corners the other night, but Monday's and yesterday's Financial Review both had... It had massive stories, page after page. The Herald Sun yesterday managed to give it 13 paragraphs on a left-hand page. And ran pictures of Putin and the Chinese president, neither of whom were named personally in this thing. No, that's true, they weren't. Um, they? The, the connection to Putin, and all the television was showing Putin as the person also. The only connection to Putin is that his daughter's godfather right. is named. Oh, I now, see. Therefore, he gets his picture everywhere as a corrupt yeah, person. Yeah, massive, massive great picture. Uh, they half the page, they yeah. haven't shown too many pictures of, say, the British Prime Minister, whose father, father no. stockbroker, somewhat closer, yeah, for yeah, years yeah. paid absolutely no tax through one of these deals. But, yeah. I mean, we did the whole story. But, they, but they're just interested in the way they did it. And they did it rich pickings, and it's on the left-hand page, sort of buried away. That's where you bury stories and you when, don't want to when go And when are we going to get down to M for Murdoch, too? Yeah. Well, that'll, that'll exactly. Yeah. But then they didn't mind on a right-hand news page where the real news is shock tactics welfare cheats on notice so um <laughs> they've got their priorities sorted out but again and the other one i just thought for the herald sun a welfare oh, cheat, I, I gotta say my my special cayman island um account you know they wouldn't even open one for me for the amount of money that uh, what are the welfare social security is. <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the cayman islands social security didn't <laughs> offer you one with the, with the 
as part of the deal. No. Oh. If you thought about changing your surname to Turnbull, that might help. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Caymans are a form of reptiles. So I suppose it's appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, um, there's the Virgin Islands as well. But yeah, we won't send Corey. Okay, I won't do that. Um, <laughs> the, totally uncalled for, John. I know. Um, I know. The, um, Awful. The, I'll be berated um, later. The, the story last Friday night about a bloke unfurling a banner, a, a night quite racist, to stop the mosque, stop the mosque banner, the bloke, and he, he, he admitted he's from a fascist organisation. Um, but the, you'll be pleased to know the Herald Sun was hit with those little pithy pieces, um, one paragraph pieces they have, hot topic, and then yeah. yesterday more letters. And there's only, almost every letter supports the bloke who hung it up. Mm. Almost every letter. Mm. Um, really? You know, what are they on about? You know, they, they've taken political correctness too far. Um, you know, what rights the AFL to get involved in politics, etc., etc., etc. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's primarily all the letters were par, one, par for one or two. Um, just uh, oh, in support, in support and, uh, and of the... What, and, what did, and what did Mr. Bolt say? Uh, all I... I haven't, I'm not sure I read him. I'm sure he, well, I think we don't need. <laughs> well, to read I never him. read. We, him. Don't, we don't need to read him, do we? To get that one. Uh, like here's one. Barry's the first letter here. Just to read out Barry as a as a as a you know, example. So a peaceful protest in a public place against the construction of a building is now bigotry. If they were protesting about the building of a Catholic church, would the PC lefties be up in arms? I think not. <laughs> oh, I think so. The Barry's, Barry's a deep little thinker. Mm. Mm. Yeah, so that's that one. Um, and um, the Victoria's been shown to be the state where most school principals feel they've almost got to beg to keep their schools going. Mm-hmm. Um, it um, found 70% of principals considered fundraising a very important part of budgets, and most of them go on classroom resources, etc., etc. Uh, one principal said it is not acceptable for any school to be forced to raise funds to pay for classroom equipment, basic maintenance or textbooks. These things should be available to every student regardless of where they go to school, she said, etc. But this they'll raise that at a time when the federal government is talking about only funding well, private schools. Well, as I recall, the state government in Victoria spends the least per head of per head of student on education in any state, mm, mm, mm. which I think is... Extraordinarily, extraordinary considering yeah. we're, we're you know, one of the richest states, not one of the poorer ones. Mm. And, and years ago, we you know, were heavily involved in debates around state aid, and I still think state aid should not happen at all. They, mm. they want to run their own schools, let yep. them, but don't get yep. a cent of public money, thank you. Yep. Now we've reached the stage where it's total, totally reversed. We're, yeah. we're, we're Turnbull saying we will only fund the private schools yeah. and not give yeah. a cent to the public schools. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What are taxes raised for? Can anyone explain that to me? <laughs> well, that's what the rich say. You see. If, they, <laughs> oh, right, if they, right, if they, right. if they give, you know, have all this taxation levied on them, then they should get the get get all the benefits back to them personally. Oh, yes, that's how it goes. Yes. Thanks, John, for explaining that. I didn't realise. No, good on you. Good on you. <laughs> that's how they see it. Yeah, we might even go to transport a twenty-six pass today. Just <laughs> <laughs> after that. <laughs> um, this this one I thought fascinating as well. Um, uh, the pain felt by households hit by the weakest wages growth on record. Now, this is the good news, okay? That's that's the pain for households, yeah, weakest yeah. growth, okay? Is starting to deliver a benefit 
by improving the nation's international competitiveness. Oh, <laughs> yes. Makes me feel a lot better. Yes, KPMG says that they're one of the big four international accounting, accounting accounting companies. Yeah. Yeah. Says the cost of doing business in Australia has improved over the previous two years at the fastest rate in a survey of more than 100 cities in 10 countries. So someone's benefiting from the fact that uh, the pain is being felt by households. Isn't that great? I'm That's relieved. Great. Yeah. Yes, yes. yes. Yeah. Not, well, you might be relieved in terms of feeling better about it, probably not relieved in terms of the pain, I would have thought. About. No, no, it's, it's well, a balancing act. It's pain that's good for you, though. <laughs> Just remember the pain. That's right, yeah. Well, obviously, obviously. <laughs> and our old mates, the AWU, the union we all love, but this is interesting, their, their State Secretary, Ben Davis, and, and, and the union are being uh, charged with threatening and coercing two union members. And the what the the crime? This was the strike at Orica at Deer Park, and the the and AWU members actually went on strike, which would be the first time for a long time I would have thought anyway. But that's another question. <laughs> um, but anyway, they've been charged with um, with threatening and coercing, and the the workers were ostracised and humiliated as a result of the treatment. And what it was because these were two workers, union members, who refused to join the strike with all the other workers, so they actually scabbed, mm. and for. Telling them, presumably telling them they were scabs, they're now being charged because that's um, you're not allowed to tell scabs right. they're scabs. So, <clears throat> that was sort of abusive yeah. or something, was it? Yeah, and the 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 union's facing fifty one thousand per contravention mm. and ten thousand two hundred per contravention for the secretary personally. So, um, yeah. So uh, he and the he, the union secretary actually said the union expects that when members endorse protected action, all members will participate in that. But that's not what. The um, that's not what the Fair Work Ombudsman said. He said that all workers, including union members, have the lawful right to choose whether they will participate in strike action or not. And uh, so, uh, there you go. and then nobody's allowed to ever say anything about it. <coughs> no. So worker solidarity is not not something that. Um, that no. Term, no. No. John, no. That's <laughs> no. Not taken for granted. Right. Um, <laughs> Just no. Yeah, and, and on that, workers are currently seeking a $30 pay increase uh, in the minimum the wage minimum, case, yep. yeah, mm-hmm. for the lowest of lowest paid. Um, Is that $30 a week? $30 a, a week, yes. Um, and um, for the 1.86 million low-paid workers, mm. and this is, if we're talking about examplexy before, this is called apoplexy, caused apoplexy with the, uh, the poor caring employers. And the Australian Industry Group Executive Innes Willocks, who's a, you know, one of our favourites, said economic growth remained patchy. Workers always seem to make claims when the economic growth is patchy, don't they? Yeah, it's always. When will they learn to do it at the right time? Anyway. Oh, but um, then they'll cause inflation, you see. If, it, yes, if, that's if right. things are booming and they ask for wage rise, that'll cause more inflation. <laughs> anyway, Innes <laughs> says that aggregate business incomes, profits, and investment are underwhelming at the moment. <laughs> but he says. The panel needs to fully take into account, see, he splits infinitives, the oldiness, the needs to fully take into account the needs for those whose jobs will be threatened, including many low-paid workers if an excess of minimum wage increase is awarded. So all he cares about is other low-paid workers. Of course, of course, of course. Yeah. Well, that's dear that's him, right. he's, very dear, ma'am. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's... Um, so that's good. He's down there every night at the soup kitchens, you know. Oh, that's right. <laughs> that's right, yeah. That's right. Yeah. Mm, stealing <laughs> the soup. No, kick, yeah, stealing stealing the soup. The soup. that's like kicking the soup over. <laughs> <laughs> Get back to work, you scum. Lovely fella. Yeah. Anyway, um, over in Qatar, of course, they're preparing for the 2022 World Cup, which they earned by right mm. very strongly. Clearly by, yes, by yes. bribery on, yes, exactly, on an exactly. industrial scale, but yes. 
that seems to be the, the well, norm these days. Well, um, it's, the, the, the stories come out that workers there two years ago, due to the fact that the workers might have been preparing for this, might have been getting treated a bit roughly. Um, the international organisers of the thing drafted, that's the lot who just got knocked off for all corruption, of course, drafted worker welfare standards in the wake of criticism. But Amnesty International said dozens of construction workers from Nepal and India were still being charged recruitment fees by agents in their home countries, housed in squalid accommodation and barred from leaving the country by employers in Qatar who confiscate their passports. And it doesn't mention wages, but I bet they're great. Yeah. Yes. Well, just, that yeah. sounds really bad. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's, a, it's really akin to slavery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. pretty much. Mm. And yeah. just on, on that point about um, about Fraser, uh, not, I keep wanting to call Malcolm Fraser, Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull, uh, cutting back on... It's um, hard to tell them apart sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> well, well yeah. one's still alive. And yeah, they both seem to lose. They both hopefully lose elections they should have won. Anyway, um, uh, Turnbull, although well, then, of course, you get... Short and such. Mm. It's, a, it's, yeah, no. it's a dilemma, isn't it's it? Dodgy, isn't it? Um, anyway, um, given that he wants to only fund private schools, it's good to know that Sydney University, University of Sydney, will require all its students in arts and science degrees to bolster their specialist learning with courses in generic skills in a bid to improve their employability. Isn't that good? So is that how to operate a cash register? And a, yes, yes. It's <laughs> how to skills, cook fries and things like that? Indeed, Corey. The skills they need to prosper in the 21st century workplace. Mm-hmm. The university will reach out to employers to help give students real-world ex, real experience in problem-solving. Companies and community organisations will, will be invited to pose complex problems to groups of students, etc., etc. So again, again, what the employers want, they're going to get. Isn't yes. So why complex problems? Is it like we have this hole that needs digging? Now dig it. Yeah, that's and it. And the complex bit is mm. not answering back? Yeah, that's, it. that's the, it. The complex bit is not saying, but I have a university degree. I'm, I'm, I'm working on one anyway. <laughs> While I dig this hole. <laughs> I dig this hole. This is part of my Every learning. university degree comes with a shovel. You've got to be humble. You've got to learn to be ever so humble. Oh, I hear that about my generation all the time, you know, how we're too arrogant and yeah. always asking for things like minimum wage or mm-hmm. affordable housing. <laughs> that was the very point you raised the other day, wasn't it? You said, isn't that Corey arrogant? <laughs> <laughs> John, you said that, didn't you? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, he wrote he wrote a, a Murdoch uh, a Murdoch editorial about it. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. We'll go and get Bob's case. I just, we'll talk I, just about I just gave Corey a subscription to the Herald Sun and said, "Read that <laughs> every day." That'll put you in your place. Speaking of the other paper, I saw you had a letter in the Age again last week, John. I yeah, saw I your did, letters. Yeah, 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 predictable, predictable yeah. topic. Yeah, yeah, once again, yeah. but that's all right. It got in there, and it's, that's right. Yeah. Anyway, we'll get Bob Skates after this break and talk about the Overland. Okay, which so you're trying not a magazine, by the way. Yes, you're listening to City Limits. The time is nine eighteen, and this is three CR eight fifty five am or you could be listening on 3cr.org.au and this track is Elvis Perkins with While You Were Sleeping and that was Elvis Perkins with While You Were Sleeping now we have on the line Bob Skates yeah, Bob's on the line. Bob's at Matoa. And, Bob, we were saying earlier how the years ago the Overland used to run every day in both directions. It has been cut back dramatically. It's been privatised. But there's been an even bigger campaign recently, I believe, out in the Wimra Mallee. You're at Matoa, of course, which is about 20 minutes from Horsham, if people don't know it. 
that's correct, yeah, it's between, uh, between Horsham and Stall. Uh, it's an old railway t- train uh, town, and the train actually is still runs through Mutawa, but unfortunately it doesn't stop there. So if you wish to catch the overland, you've got to either drive or get a V-Line bus to Stillwater or Horsham. Mm. So it was, yes, it was, you're right, it used to be every night, it was a nighttime train, so you'd wake up in, in Adelaide um, or in Melbourne at the start of a new day. Now it's a daytime train, so... I'm catching it on the 15th, which is Friday week. Mm, it's your it birthday. Goes, yeah, birthday yeah, present to yourself, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. I, I've lashed out the um, $7, which has cost me to travel from Horsham uh, to... You pensioners bludging on the public purse, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's right. And we're actually asking the federal government to, to continue with subsidies, which they used to provide uh, for pensioners catching the train. At this stage, it's... Um, yeah, it's, it's pretty tight. We need more people, obviously need more people to catch it. But the good news is that the Victorian government's put in over $10 million and that, that, that'll save the train uh, twice a week. That's uh, twice in each direction. Uh, until but that's not very impressive. Well, yeah, it's difficult because, um, you know, people would go... It's all right if you want to go to the Friday Night Football at Etihad or whatever the name of that um, stadium is because that's, that's mm. very close. It's called Dick Lane's. Yeah, whatever. It's very close to Spencer Street Station. Some of those numbers doesn't cross. Dick lands run by men in suits. Yeah, so you can go where very mature, Kevin. Watch, <laughs> yeah. watch the football and then come back at eight o'clock the next morning on a Saturday, and it's quite a, quite a good trip. But if you if you want to come back on a Sunday, it's a bit more difficult because public transport's um a lot less common. We have, we have in Horsham we have local buses which go around the town, uh, and they'll get you close to the railway station. But unfortunately, they don't run after midday on Saturday, so there's no public transport at all in Horsham <coughs> Saturday afternoon or Sundays, except for the, the V-Line bus. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, Horsham, you can never leave. Well, yeah, you're there for a while. If you if you turn up at, um, on Sunday morning, mm. you might be there for you might be there overnight or for a couple of nights. But, Bob, in recent years, the Overland's been run by a private company, yeah, they're called Great Southern Rail. Great Southern Rail, and um, and they have been obviously one can almost argue blackmailing government, saying if you don't give us money, we're going to cut out the service. Is that, is that what's going on? Well, blackmail is a very very strong strong word. word I know. Yeah. Um, it's a very strong word, but some people some people could say that because they'd start by saying to the South Australian government, well, you know, if if, if you don't put in money, then there'll be no connection between um, between Adelaide and. And Jimbula, uh, Horsham, Melbourne, and then uh, when, when the South Australian government put in for six months, then of course the pressure gets put on the, the Victorian minister and the Victorian cabinet to put in money as well, and then the, the federal government is, is not um, providing mm. the subsidies for, for, for mm. pensioners like myself. Yeah, the federal government's pulled out um, subsidies that they used to offer for the Indian Pacific in Western New South Wales, you know, for for people travelling to and from Broken Hill well, as well. Yeah, that doesn't surprise me. That that would fit in. I also understand from reading the Sunraysia uh, daily, which some of your readers might not have got to last week, that the V line bus. Uh, uh, sorry, I think it was a it was a Greyhound bus from Mildura to Adelaide disappeared too, and it was a really uh, swift ending. It was it was a, you know they're running on the Thursday and Friday, and then they said, "Well, there won't be any more buses after Monday." So traditionally, right. they wow. Mildura up north. 
Yeah. We jump yeah. on a, a bus to get to Adelaide. Well, of course, Adelaide's, Adelaide's more convenient for people in Mildura than yeah, Melbourne is. I think it used to take about five hours yeah, to yeah. go to Adelaide. Now, I don't know whether there's any other way of going by public transport. Or I think you can fly. <laughs> well, you can catch a plane, but yeah. that, I think, is more expensive. Oh, yes, my, rather. <laughs> so, so my, my $7, and worse for the environment. Mm. Yeah, my $7 uh, train ticket is probably pretty good value. The good thing, too, is you can have a quiet drink. You can have South Australian wine or Victorian wine on the I'm wondering why they're running buses instead of trains, because surely once the um, railway line's built, uh, trains are more efficient than buses. Yeah, well, you look at the 1970s, and I remember catching, you know, some of you listeners, listeners might not have even been around in the 70s or might remember it, but I remember catching trains to places like Hamilton, yep. uh, to Port Ferry. Portland. Uh, and mm. Port, well, I can't remember Portland train. I'm yeah, sure yeah. it was there. Yeah, I've ridden, and, I've ridden and, on a train from Portland, yeah. Have you? Okay. And I've been to Sea Lake also on the on the mm. train that goes through um, uh, Inglewood and Coorong Vale. So yep. I've actually been to Sea yep. Lake on, on a little motor train. It wasn't That's a right. Virtually every, virtually every one of those branch lines in the Mallee and Wimmera had a, had a little rail car of some sort. Yeah, yeah. There, there's one on it, I think, went to... Piece at one stage, two through up to Apache Wallet Way. Uh, yep. motor, motor, motor train may have wound up or, or gone through Hopeland's from memory. That's right. I didn't, yep. I didn't catch them all, but I mean, you, 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 that train line, I mean, when you, they were a lot easier to close than they are to reopen. So when mm. the Kennet government got rid of the, the Vinelander, mm. uh, that then meant people had to get, get buses, mm-hmm. and now it's been restored as far as Maryborough, so you can get a country train to Maryborough, but then you've got to somehow or other gets from Mildura. There is, yeah, there are, there are um, overnight um, buses from Mildura via Ballarat that go through to Melbourne, but there's also the services via Swan Hill, you know, take the bus Mildura-Swan Hill and catch the train from Swan Hill down yeah, to now Melbourne. And again, now and again, the local country papers have a, have a story, usually by a young journalist that's just started out, you know, about how I caught the 4am or 5am train yeah. bus from, from Mildura right. to Swan Hill and that's right. it was a train or, or whatever. That's but right. yeah, look, there's been a bit of work done by, by, by the local MPs, to be fair to Amanda Keeley in Glowen and um, Galtin in, in the uh, Geelong based upper house. Uh, so wait, they've certainly given that, <coughs> given the issue a fair bit of uh, play in, in the local media. And just general people too who who've texted in or tweeted in or whatever those IT terms are, the local papers saying, look, we, we, we wanted to catch the overland to go to a medical appointment in Geelong. Because Horsham to Geelong is the way it goes. You go Horsham, uh, Stall, Ararat, and the next station is actually North Shore of Geelong. Yeah. So it's, it's, only, it's only about three hours. And you, you wouldn't do that in a car unless you were, you were driving right on the speed. It's yeah. interesting. Maserati. It's interesting because um, Victoria's population is increasing by, you know, 100,000 a year. Mm. And a lot of people say, a lot of progressive planners say, we need to distribute that population more into our rural and regional towns because Melbourne can't handle that rate of population growth indefinitely. And, you know, our public transport system in Melbourne buckling at the moment is one sign of that because we don't have the infrastructure to keep up. So it makes sense that we should be improving these rural and regional train lines if we want to make these uh, country towns more accessible for people to live there in the future. Indeed, and when you're watching uh, one of the commercial TV channels, Wind Prime or whatever, you'll often see them promoting Ballarat because <coughs> it's only an hour by train, so you'll see them promoting a, a housing estate or a retirement village or an event, and they'll have the actual footage of the train mm. from Ballarat just to, to, mm. to um, 
Spoon, or wherever they call it. Uh, yeah, Southern Cross, and it's it, it is a, a real market marketing thing. The Horsham and Mildura, I think, are, are increasing in population. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and people, places like Ararat now was a train restored to Ararat. So you do mm. quite a few trains every day yep. uh, between Melbourne and Ararat, and that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good way to travel. And it's cheaper, is the thing. It's cheaper than running a car. But nonetheless, Bob, coming coming to that last point of yours, nonetheless, living in a place like Matoa where you live, you really can't survive without a car, unfortunately, because public transport is overall so poor. Yeah, it is very difficult to get anywhere. And of course, going across the, the Mallee or Wimmera is even more difficult. To get to Hamilton, you have to get a, a, a drive to Horsham and get a V-line bus. I think it's about 10 past 6 in the morning. Then get to Ballarat where you wait for an hour or so, and then you get a bus to, to mm. Hamilton. So if you're in a suburban, people will be a bit like travelling from Fitzroy to Collingwood via uh, South Morang. It's you know, you can yeah, yeah. difficult. And, and, and the people in Southern Grampians are... are running a, a good campaign to try and get at least some form of um, train service between between Hamilton and Melbourne. And, and what you said was also what happens on a good day. There must be bad days when connections are missed. Yes, I, I'm not sure whether, whether I have heard of people being put in taxis where, mm. where, where there's been... There's, 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 there, they, they usually make an effort to make sure the, the buses, you know, wait for the trains and things if they're late. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Bob. Thirty years ago, of course, you could catch a couple of trains a day all the way to Dimbula, couldn't you? Well, look, Dimbula is another great railway railway town, and yeah, and there still is a the overland is still stopping at Dimbula. Right. Well, it stops um, at Dimbula. Why not Matawa? Yeah. Well, well, and you could say the same about Canaver. I mean, these are yeah. towns mm. where these are towns which have got a historical link to the railways, where people would get on the train up or if it stopped. Sure. And the other week, probably a fortnight ago, they ran an, a, a vintage train up to Caniva and then stopped for a couple of hours there. And, you know, people went and had a, had a count lunch at the local hotel and walked mm. around the town and checked out the coffee, coffee spots. So, you know, Caniva, Caniva's got a little bit going for it, but mm. what it doesn't have is a train stop in there. So, you know, yep. Methala, we certainly made that as the representations mm. to uh, the minister and to local or in Perth have a stop here and I'd guess the people of Caniva from closer to the South Australian border would be saying the same thing. Because mm. you've got the problem too of your, your tracks out there out there are standard gauge yeah. uh, and of course the tracks closer to Melbourne via Ararat are, are broad gauge you've got that yeah, that I, problem. I, I believe that, that the train they ran to Caniva they had to change right. trains or engines at um, Ballarat or Ararat and then, then, then do it so it was a fairly long Mm. to get to, to get there, but, but we don't have to change it. The overland goes right through. Mm. It doesn't go through Ballarat. It no, goes, no. Uh, mm. It goes straight from, um, from Ararat to North Shore. To sure, the, yeah. I was, I was thinking of um, Hamilton. If they want to train, it'll have to be standard gauge on their line too because their mm. line's standard mm. gauge. Mm. I mean, Hamilton, again, is, is a big a big city. Oh, yeah, that's right. And it's, it's uh, I'm sure, you know, I mean, you do, when I've caught buses and I've caught a few around, around Hamilton, there's certainly quite a few people catching. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Not just, they're not white elephants. No, no, no. Yeah. Mm. The thing that worries me, though, is that you know, if the state government can't find the money to upgrade the signalling in metropolitan Melbourne, um, how are they going to find the money under the current paradigm to make all of these changes that we need for the rural and regional services? Well, I think you've got to do both. I mean, I congratulate the, uh, the state government on what it's doing was getting rid of railway crossings and getting better stock on, on uh, and more frequent services. 
Mm. But yeah, we, we need it in, in country Victoria as well. I mean, yeah. Yeah, if, you, if you miss a if you miss a bus which goes, I think, about five past eight on Sunday mornings from Motala to Melbourne, I mean, I think the next one's the Monday. Yeah. Some some days there is only one bus each way. It's a long wait to bus stop, isn't it? If you just miss it. Um, Yeah. But Bob, um, this money from the two governments, South Australia, Victoria, um, is this going to be an ongoing thing when that money runs out? Is the company going to come back and say, "Well, we're back where we started from"? Victoria's saying to 2018, so that's a fair way off. I think you can probably be ongoing. Mm, But you've got, you've got, you've got. I I never see any uh, TV advertising for the Overland. I see plenty for people who want to catch the uh, train to Darwin and congratulations to the Territorians that have, that have managed to get a train way up to Darwin. But uh, yeah, you'd think if you could catch a train advertising a train to Darwin you'd, you could advertise it between Adelaide and, and Horsham or Horsham and Melbourne. Mm. Yeah, well especially mm. as it's run by the same company as runs yeah, the, the GAN. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you do. You can buy merchandise on it, postcards and yeah. As well as some um, South Australian and Victorian wine, yeah, uh, so yeah, 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 I'm pretty sure it's, just, it's the same, the same company running the three road. The three it's road quite, road. it's quite a nice train when you do get on it too. It it's is, quite a, it is. Yeah. yeah, no, it's a terrific train. I certainly encourage people to to give it a try to catch it and see what they think of getting the overland. Mm. Oh, I might really catch like it to it. Matoa next mm. time I want to go there, but try and leap out as it goes through the station. Yeah, well, you can you can always request stops. Um, I've never heard of anyone being successful, but you can put that in or, or drop your, mm. your minister or your local member of parliament a line saying why you'd why you'd like it to stop at Mertoa or mm. Canaveral, wherever you Sorry, want to Sorry, mate, you're going to say something. It's, a, it's, it's, a, it's a, a real fun trip, actually. Uh, if you have a look at look at the map, you'll see that the train lines from Glenorchy to Mertoa is very, very straight and... And the old train drivers, and there's a couple of them living in Murtaugh, have told me that you know, I've had to train up to 120k an hour mm-hmm. on that particular stretch. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah it's, um, it's it's um, you know fairly frequent when you, when you're on it, you actually feel you're looking at you know oh, we're in store already or we're in Ararat already. Mm. Or, you know we're pulling into North Shore. It's uh, it mm. does seem to go pretty quickly. Looking and, at it. You're, you're planning to give yourself a birthday present next week, the seven dollar ticket to yeah. to Ararat. Um, or store you said which one was it again? No, I'm going to Ararat. Ararat. Well, uh, how seven dollars for the ticket? How much do you expect to spend on grog on the train? Well, I don't know how much. <laughs> I think that that would so it was shout out to Bill, but I also have half bottles of South Australian wine. But yeah, I, I, being my birthday, I think I will probably drink Attempt, myself to a small. Attempt to drink it dry. A sensible drink on the train without having any cars. To a drive. small libation. Have a libation. Yeah. 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 What do you all make of the trend of turning old railway lines into bike, into bike tracks? I've been well, out. I'd like to have them both. I can't see why you can't have a bike track next to a railway line. <laughs> yeah, it's true. You go down, down to South Gippsland, and that train, that train's been gone for a long time. But around places like the Stony Creek, where there's a race course, or uh, down to as far as Buffalo uh, and Fish Creek, I mean, you can see where the where the, the train. Mm. Used to, used to run, go, and yeah. now it's been yeah. replaced again by the by V line. Um, he was still we're fortunate. I mean, we still got the, the Mildura line, and it's still taking freight, and uh, also freight going up to some some Horsham or some Portland. Usually, it starts and then goes up to Warrnambool, or, or um, there's a sand mining place in Hopeton. So yeah, yeah, you see quite a few freight trains around. <clears throat> well, my bike route to Three Sierra, of course, goes along the old you uh, know in a circle train track which is now a bike path going under Royal Parade so uh, yeah, that was a yeah. that was a that was a railway line years ago mm. yes yes it must have been interesting I mean we we, we look at um, 
with some envy of what people had in the way of public transport in the 50s, 60s and 70s. I mean, mm. we're not quite back there. I mean, you have got your tram lines, of course, we've got to go a lot further. You can get them on a fair way now. Uh, and, and the suburban trains, I mean, electrification to, to Cranbourne and places like that. But, um, yeah, we need more, more trains. Yep. All right, that's and, a note. Like that's a note to finish. I'm well, look. Enjoy your trip next week. Yes. And I hope you, I hope you get home safely once you get off the train. Yes. Yes. That's the, that's <laughs> the thing, isn't it? <laughs> it is. coming, I'll be coming back. I'm not sure I'm coming back to, to Murtowa that night or the next, the next day. <laughs> and in what get, condition? <laughs> well, the, the bus, the bus actually will drop me. I can get the, the bus from from Ararat to Murtowa. It does actually run on Friday night. Oh well, cool. okay. Good luck with that. Look, thanks. Good luck with the whole thing, and thanks for your time this morning, Bob. No worries. Enjoy talking to you. Okay, Bye. thank Bye. you. Cheers, Bob. Bob Skates there, and uh, you talked about the seventies. If anyone um, people try to think who's Bob Skates, who's Bob Skates? He actually was a draft resistor who um, was released after eight months in Pentridge on the Wednesday after Whitlam won the seventy-two election. Mm-hmm. There, there we go. There we go. With history, for yeah. refusing yeah. to fight for his country. Okay, well, we're just going to go to a track. You're listening to City Limits on 3CR, um, 855 AM or 3CR. We're going to talk transport with John McPherson. Yes, we are. You must be very nervous by now. I am, yeah. This is Mount Power. I'm very, very nervous. (laughs) (laughs) He's trying to look relaxed, though. Very nice, John. Good try. Mount Power featuring King Cardu with Sing Strong. And you're listening to City Limits on 3CR, 855 AM, and that was uh, Sing Strong by Mao Power featuring King Kaudu. Well, was that Mary? Mary Singers? No, um, Torres Strait Islander, I believe. Oh, okay. Ah. Yeah. yeah. that really... Yeah. Mm. All right. And so tra- w- we've got John here, John, John McPherson. Trans- transport with John. John, I've got a few things to talk about, but in, course case, you in case you've got something you no, want to no, raise. Kevin, with... you know, okay, I'm okay. well, quite happy to Well, uh, just last week we had a... Um, things off me. Well, Mark referred earlier to the fact that we had these, these um, signal breakdown. Yeah. And people got stranded one night and people were left on trains for oodles of time uh, and weren't... One of the biggest objections they had was no one told them what was going on. They were just stuck in a train and no one told them. Yeah, well, it uh, it seems to keep happening. And everybody says, yes, we must improve the communications. It's just terrible that we can't tell people what's going on, but it never seems to improve. Mm-hmm. It, just seems to be, it just seems to be the same ratty mess um, every time. And um, you get the feeling that um, either the drivers aren't I haven't got a communication system where they can be told what's going on, or the drivers themselves don't want to really c- communicate with the passengers. What? Uh, even on the trams, you know, the central control room can now talk to the passengers in the trams, and they do mm. um, from the central control room. Um, somehow or other, they can break into the you know the internal communications on the tram, but that doesn't certainly doesn't seem to happen on the on the rail system. Mm-hmm. My sister lives in London where they have really um, excellent communication on the trains and she said that um, they always give the actual reason for the train being late mm-hmm. and one morning it was the driver had a fight with his wife <laughs> and everyone was just like, well, you know, these sort of things happen it well, and it's a lot better than hearing... Well, that's right. You know, well, here you just hear, oh, yes, there was an equipment, equipment fault. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. and the equipment fault 
Yeah, well. Mm. Well, mm. On, on informing people, there was a lift out. Uh, I, I was a, going to say something else about that. You're gone, yeah. Okay. That what, another thing that really bugs me is the way that you can be at, say, Flinders Street and your train suddenly is going to go to a different, mm. do a different service. Mm. That's terribly. A, and you can well. be sitting inside the train and you can't necessarily hear the announcement made on the platform mm. that is telling you that this train is no longer going where mm. you think it's going. Again, that's another one. Why can't the, why can't the, the communication system be of, be arranged so that the platform announcements also play inside the trains? That that would seem to me to be elementary in a modern community. It would know, make with, sense, wouldn't with it? A, with a modern communication yeah. system. Yeah. But again, nah, none of that, folks. And you really are very dependent on whether your driver is prepared to be, um, you know, communicative. Or not. Mm. And uh, some are and some aren't, seems mm. to me. So, mm. so we've got all of this urban consolidation going al- along railway lines at the moment. They're trying to um, encourage more and more people to use the trains to reduce congestion. That's yeah. the theory anyway. Um, do you see there being a, a long-term problem here as, as the population using the train keeps massively increasing, <laughs> cu- coupled with this sort of infrastructure failure? Well, using the example of London, London... I think London's attitude towards public transport probably changed 20, 25 years ago. Mm. Up until then, they'd been letting the, the tube system go into a slow decline and things had been on the slide. Then I f- think something happened and they realised, oh, my God, this city is so big and so dense. Mm. Unless we actually do run public transport well, we're going to be in all sorts of mm. strife. And they're currently yeah. building this massive crossrail That's system. That's right. Yeah, that opens in about a year's time. Yeah. yeah. Mm. yeah. Which is, and there's yeah. more to come after that. They run a continuing building program, really. Yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, I can only hope that the same thing happens here, that, that it gets to a point where finally the politicians and the bureaucrats and everybody involved finally gets the message, mm. we have to run this, do this well. Mm. At the moment, they st- still seem to me to be in that, Sort of st- slightly lackadaisical Australian. Mm. So we can expect quite a lot of Mate. commuter stress until that point. Then, <laughs> sadly, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, mm. until they until they really get a big, uh, really get a bad fright, but, mm. and and pull us out of a sl- slight Australian case of lethargy where, oh, uh, everybody's really got a car and they can get there by car if they really have to. Mm. Yeah, because yeah. it's not. It's not like that in really big cities, is it? No. And we're get, it's turning not. into a really big city. Oh, absolutely, yeah, yeah. yeah. And, yeah. and expanding where we shouldn't be expanding, of course. Yeah, um, But they were, I was going to say, on communication, this Sydney promotional tourist thing fell out of the, one of the newspapers this week. Um, glossy Sydney. thing well, we don't, we don't promote, know. promoting Sydney, Sydney but I was fascinated because they really in, in this thing yep. really get into public transport it's heavily influenced oh, okay. and they have a whole page on public transport train, bus, ferry, light rail, foot uh, Opal, the ticket and explaining it mm-hmm. but then another, other things where they tell you about venues for various events coming up they then tell you that you know, the, these places have uh, this one's close to major bus routes um, um, this one is a 30-minute ferry ride. This one's a number of light rails around Darling Harbour Precinct. It's close to major bus routes, they say, but this one t- this one is a five-minute walk from Central and Railway Square, 10 minutes from Redfern uh, Station. And they just tell you ex- in each venue mm, um, mm-hmm. and give you the details. And I thought let's, they seem to be doing a lot more than we're doing here in terms yeah. of promoting mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, well, well, here usually it's um, yes, we'll tell you about all the car parking opportunities, and then down the bottom in two lines there'll be oh yeah, and there's a there's a tram and there's a bus, and there's a, yeah. that's about it. They don't no more. 
no more information than that. Yeah, that's true. So you think? Do you think that Sydney's ahead of Melbourne in public transport generally? Um, well, in many ways, yeah. They 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 have really really um, um, taken their rail system by the scruff of the neck in the last thirty years and yeah. gone through it and spent spent big money mm. um, improving the quality of everything: stations, track, trains. Mm. Um, all the basics, really, that we we're still, you know, reluctant to spend spend the money on. Sure, yeah. Um, yeah. I think that I think they have. I mean, they rely on their on their public transport even more than we do to get people to work in the centre of the city. Yeah. yeah. Um, and uh, and yeah. they've got an upstairs and a downstairs on their trains. That's as well, right. Which is <laughs> a good foresight on the parts of Sydney transport planning. Yeah, well, that's right. Well, they started they started running the double decker trains back in the nineteen sixties. Yeah, know? right. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Um, whether they're a good idea is there is a debate about that. Oh, is there? <laughs> <laughs> Tell us about the debate. The debate is that they're they're a bit slow to slow to load and unload because you don't um. you only have two doors, one door at either end of the train, and people are sort of hassling a bit to get in and out. Ah, but, okay. but, you know, for longer distance services, they're probably fine. But yeah. for shorter distance services, maybe a single-decker train with lots of doors is a better idea. Okay, yeah. yeah. I've always worried about them going around corners too fast. No, they're very stable. Okay. <laughs> no problem. But no, I don't think there's any, any, any case of them. Actually, there is one case of them coming off the tracks, but mm. that was going about double, double the speed they should have gone. Yeah, yeah. right. Fair enough. <laughs> yeah, all right. The um, uh, just uh, another one, just worth having a, a quick mention of was um, the fact that the E-class trams were attacked last week for being safety problems. Yeah, wasn't that um, interesting? Yeah, I know. I don't know how serious that is, or really. But a bloke wrote a letter, Edward Edmund Carew of Windsor, saying oh, yeah. he was a um, an advisor to the previous. The, the oh yes, yes, he was, lib- he was advisor and to um, yes, Mulder. Yes, yeah, that's right. And he mm. he says he he warned them way back then about these problems with this tram, and no one listened to him. Mm. Um, mm. I don't know. It's well, something. they've been criticised. I think they were criticised officially for having being jerky in their when they move off from a stop, and then also jerky in the braking. And they were criticised for having not enough handholds for people to hold on to. Mm. Which I think is is a general problem across the whole, mm. the whole tram and and rail system really, and uh, also they were criticised for the floors being slippery. I mean, these are all yeah. things that you'd think on a brand new, twenty first century tram would have been sorted. I I just don't and don't understand. Didn't they also have to be reinforced more? Didn't they have to that take was an out earlier some model? Seats? Oh right, that was an earlier model. At, mm. um, but they, they had, sorted that. They sorted that, but yeah, at the at the expense of having to take out some seats. Yeah, mm. yeah. When it's crowded on those newer trams, one of the problems I think we talked about this last month actually. Mm. One of the problems I find is that the the button to say I want to get off at the next yeah. stop's a long way from you. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's, yeah. it's hard yeah. to get to. You've yeah. got to you've you've yeah. got to have a community effort to get somebody to push the button yeah, for you. You do. Yeah. Yeah. You do. Yeah. And I don't I don't understand that either because it used to be in the old day that you you know you had the overhead um, the wire just pull, thing the to pull. Mm. pull the cord so anybody could you know you know anybody could reach that mm. yeah yeah and it works well i don't see why they wouldn't no. just keep doing it no well again it, it, <laughs> it makes things easy Corey. it does <laughs> right <laughs> you got to do a bit of work for what you get on the public transport system i've uh, i've um, um, for some reason, I'm, I'm moved to talk about the, the, the buses in Christchurch, but they're they're, they're interestingly interesting because they're good. Mm. They have a continuous um, strip below the windows that you can push 
to make the bell go ding up the front. Mm. Ah. So it's so it's always there. And I think they have the overhead pull things as well if you're standing up. Both. And then up the front, a big sign lights up that says next stop. Mm. Have you noticed on our, our trams how it's a little a little light like yeah, that lights yes, up? Yes, yeah. Right. To tell you that the thing's been mm. now why wouldn't you have a something that you can actually see? Because the trams are now very long. Yeah. That said next stop. Mm. And the other thing that the Christchurch buses have is a big thing on the roof at the front saying metro so that you can actually see a bus in the traffic mm. down the road. There you mm. go. And and I don't know if, if it happens to you young people, but I quite often find I can't even see the tram in, in, the, in mm. the stream of traffic if it's, say, you know, mm. a few hundred metres away. It can blend into the traffic. It can. And, yeah. and you really have no idea whether it's there or not until till it's suddenly there. It, it, it suddenly come, appears out of the traffic. But mm. that's another thing. I think trams should be very brightly painted, not mm. with advertisements. <laughs> I think they should be, they should be painted a bright colour yeah. so that you like London. You know, London buses are always red. Things like that. I think, yeah. I think that public transport should be made to stand out for yeah, a whole lot of reasons. It would make sense. Yeah, and yeah. we could provide work for artists to decorate them. Yeah, as long as they were still an overall colour that you could read from a distance, you know. Yeah, yeah, they'd have to be bright and cheerful. Artists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I, just, I just don't get this this grey thing, you know, where they mm. disappear into the in, into the street scene. I mean, we should be proud of them, not um, not um, tucking them away like we like we seem to do. Mm. Just as a final, because we've only got a minute left, but I. Last week I went out to um, Diamond Creek and we got as far as Eltham. Oh, yes. Um, now, beyond that, it's a single line for three stations, but it's a 40-minute turnaround. Mm. So you, you you have to – in fact, there's a 40-minute gap between trains to where I wanted to go. Um, can anyone exp- – John, can you explain why they can't simply put an extra line in there? Well, because I don't think it's cost-effective, Kevin. If that was congestion on roads, they'd fix it up almost immediately, wouldn't they? Yeah, yeah. Mm, yeah. They would. Yeah, I'm surprised, yeah. actually, because you'd have thought somewhere like Diamond Creek would be hardcore commuter territory. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But um, only, you know, you're only supposed to commute, you know, you're supposed uh-huh. to know, 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 know about which trains yeah. there are, and there aren't very many. The hard part's getting there. Not yeah. The <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, there are, you know, there are a number of branch lines. A lumber, number of the, the suburban lines have still got single-track bits. Mm. There's Kevin's Upfield line, mm. there's the Hurstbridge mm. line, the Lilydale line, and the Belgrave line, and the Cranburn line. That's quite a lot. That's quite a lot. Yeah. But it's still got these single-track sections at the end, which can muck up the way the services run on the whole line. We should call them roads. A big road to be out there immediately. Yeah, they would. They would. We should call them roads, yeah. Yep, yep. And the signalling system is such that the people in the central control room in the city don't know if things go wrong with the trains out there at the end of the lines. Hmm. Really, they don't. The signalling doesn't tell them. The signalling is safe, but it doesn't doesn't give them any information in the central control room unless the driver is moved to to radio them and tell right, them. Right. So this is one of the reasons why the tra- the services can deteriorate into something shambolic quite easily. Quite quickly, yeah. Mm. yeah. All right. Time. So we wrap up then? Yeah. Mark, you're the guest today. Look, thank Corey for keeping us on here and doing a great job. Thank you so much, Corey, for keeping us on air and doing a great, great job. Mm. And tell people it's energy next week, including Professor Moriarty. Next week... <laughs> Tune in, it's energy, and we're going to have Professor Moriarty here as a guest. And John, you thank Mark for coming in and filling in today. <laughs> and then we'll and Kevin, you can then thank Corey for thanking Mark, for thanking John. For... All right. Well said, okay, we're off. <laughs> 
All right, so you're listening to City Limits on 3CR 855 AM, 3cr.org.au, and we're going to go out with the track. This is Pear in the Orchid Orchestra with What We Are. Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia, on the Kulin Nation. For more information and to find out how you can support 3CR, go to www.3cr.org.au.